Logical Progression, Year 4, Chapter 15, Lesson 6. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa rakala nabiyana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajul hazna idha shi'la sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa sna'i ibadatika ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Finally, Jazakumullah khair. Uh, our thanks, of course, to the Concordia MSA, Montreal, Kabilat Asad, Ibrahim, all the brothers and sisters, mashallah, for uh, organizing this uh, setting um, uh, for our LP session. Um, continuing in the chapter of times, and we shall move swiftly in that. So the text that, inshallah, we're going to be covering today, the Arabic that will be uh, covered will be um, because we finished Salatul Asr and we will now go on to uh, so what we did last week وَيَلِيهِ وَقْتُ الْعَصْرِ إِلَى مَصِيرِ الْفَيْءِ مِثْلَيْهِ بَعْدَ فَيْءَ الزُّوَادِ وَالْدَرُورَ إِلَى غُرُوبِهَا yeah so we, we will do a little bit from uh, the Asr we still have to finish off Asr the time of necessity um, so um, I'll read that and then I will read the English translation of the actual text that we're going to be covering today. So the Mu'allif, alayhi rahmatullah, he says, وَيَلِيهِ وَقْتُ الْعَصْرِ إِلَى مَصِيرِ الْفَيْءِ مِثْلَيْهِ بَعْدَ فَيْءِ الزَّوَالِ وَالْدَرُورَةُ إِلَى غُرُوبِهَا وَيُسَنُّ تَعْجِلُهَا وَيَلِيهِ وَقْتُ الْمَغْرِبِ إِلَى مَغِيبِ الْحُمْرَةِ وَيُسَنُّ تَعْجِلُهَا إلا ليلة جمع لمن قصدها محرمة ويليه وقت العشاء إلى الفجر الثاني وهو البياض المعترض وتأخيرها إلى ثلث الليل أفضل إن سهل ويليه وقت الفجر إلى طلوع الشمس وتعجيلها أفضل So that's what we're going to be covering uh, I don't think we'll cover all of that today but we're going to try and uh, do some of that So uh, after we did ظهر last week uh, following that is a time for Asr, which lasts until an object's shadow equals twice that object's height in addition to what its shadow was at the zenith. But the prayer's critical time extends until sunset. It is a sunnah to hasten it. Following that is the time for Maghrib, which lasts until the redness disappears. It is a sunnah to hasten Maghrib, except for the pilgrim who intends other than that on the night of Muzdalifah. Uh, following that is the time of Isha, which lasts up until the second dawn, where whiteness spreads horizontally along the horizon. It is better to delay Isha until a third of the night passes, if that is easy. Following that is the time of Fajr, which lasts up until sunrise. It is better It is better to hasten it I need to pray it in its early time okay so we in the last lesson we ended with the statement I believe um, yeah I think that what we said I th- if I remember the last thing that I mentioned in the dars it was that um, the hadith that we've covered so far indicate quite clearly that the Prophet ﷺ prayed Asr at two times the first time he prayed it is um, when Jibreel told him on the first day. That was when 
the shadow of an object so if this is the actual object and the sun is shining down upon it so when the sun comes down from its location uh, its highest point which is the zenith which is about here so it's not directly above it's there because of the ellipsis that we have or the the, the, the slight um, uh, tilt so that is when it comes here so as it's coming down to the west and it gets to a certain point which is about here we will notice the weather cool considerably we'll notice the light in the sun decrease slightly the whiteness will decrease slightly and the shadow that it will create will be a shadow which is this much because that's what the shadow was at 0, 0.0 so this plus its length so this plus its length so once the shadow is up to here so sun will come across and the shadow comes up to here now we have the first start time of the asr or that's what the, that's when the prophet started to pray and so we know that on the first day that was the start time because on the second day the prophet was told uh or the prophet said that jibril told me that the prayer is between this and that time so on the second day when he came the sun had obviously come down even further and it was here and at this point we know that the sun is here because the prophet said that the shadow was twice the length of the object plus its original shadow so remember at original point point zero at the zenith the sun is here and it creates that much shadow just there so now we just put this thing here and we've got the sun going across it now much lower longer shadow one two and so now once the shadow is this long for this uh, object here then we know that that is the time that he prayed the second day so here's a question uh well well, we just just to finish what we covered last week that is now defined the fact that we have uh, according to the majority of, of the scholars and especially the three imams other than abu hanifa that that is the asr time we have an asr start time we have an asr kind of end time or we're going to look at that in a second and then we have maghrib however as we said according to the hanafi school the asr, asr prayer actually just starts at when the sun uh, produces a shadow of of, of double length so um, first of all, we have already ikhtilaf on the matter. However, as we said, the hadith are very clear, the majority position is very clear. Asr needs to kick in and start to be prayed at the uh, early time. And as I said to you before, the earlier time corresponds to the, the what we call the Shafi'i time or the Arab time or whatever people you know call it. And the, the second later time people call it the Hanafi Asr or they call it the Pakistani Asr or whatever they want to call it or the later Asr. Phrases are irrelevant. You now know what the, 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 the basis is. And I said that um, because the turning point between Dhuhr to Asr, okay, I, I, I want to I make two things, two points. That this there is an issue of flexibility here because there is a matter of Ishtihad, because some narrations seem to suggest that uh, it is only the, uh, uh, um, the, 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 the double shadow. Uh, but I mean, it's, it is really difficult to defend against the fact that the Hadith says that he prayed at the time of the first shadow. It's very difficult to avoid that. So therefore, knowing that fact, we, how, can we, how can we change that theory? We can't change that theory. And so we should start at that first time. But however, the second time where it's double the length, when it's double the length, we know that from uh, uh, the Hanafis, that's their start time. For the rest of the, the Madahib, that's their kind of middle or stroke end time of the Asr. And so therefore, if a person is late on their Dhuhr, and they're looking at the start time of Asr, number one, I don't want them to be stressing too much. Yes, 
we've got to have a discipline when it comes to prayer times but one school starting and the other one is yeah not is nearly finishing the asr the second thing that i mentioned in the dars last week was that because we're talking shadows yani remember this prayer time is not based upon apps and it's not based upon calendars it's based upon witnessing and so when you're witnessing there are certain things which are easy to see and certain things which are uh, more difficult and some things which are very very difficult not very difficult but are more difficult to notice so what's easy to see the sunrise no sorry the, 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 the yeah the sun actually rise so that would be the end time of fajr that's easy very easy to see and the sun setting which is very easy to see which is maghrib uh, they're the easiest as for what's a bit more difficult but still easy it would be what Asr what? I don't think so. I think there's a whole load of categories in the day that's easier. No? Aisha? What about Isha? The, the sun's, like before Isha, Maghrib to Isha? The, the disappearance of the light. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is certainly easier to notice than uh, Dhuhr and Asr. Yeah. So to see the red twilight disappear, as we're going to cover now, you, you're looking at the night. And you're looking at it get dark and you see, you know, all the colours orange, purple, this, that, whatever. And you can literally count off the colours going. And then the red is still there and it hangs around and then the red disappears. Then the white's there and then the white disappears. It's just quite easy to see. It's not as easy to see as the sun rising, sunset, and because it's an object and it's a presence and absence. So it's obviously the easiest. The rest is then a matter of opinion. Has all the red gone not? Has the red all come out not? So I'm saying that that's why I put it at a stage two. This is my own creation this stage thing i'm just giving you an example so the easiest prayers to determine is the end time of fajr and the start time of maghrib the second more difficult kind of prayer times to determine would be the start time of isha and the start time of fajr because the start time of fajr is also you're looking for an appearance of color in the sky because it's pure darkness and you want a bit of white and you want a bit of color and then you feel that you're ready to pray fajr yeah so that's that second level of difficulty and of course if you're living in the west then it's even more difficult because we have perpetual twilight in nearly all of the Western Muslim countries where Muslims live. And that constant twilight in the sky, plus all the light pollution, plus the fact that we live in the major cities mostly, plus the fact that we don't get out, get out to the rural areas. We're not really kind of that rural kind of people in the Western lands. We're only rural in the Muslim lands, which doesn't help us because in the Muslim lands, they're all equatorial. And in the equatorial regions, the sun up and down, light, not light, is very easy to see, very clear, it doesn't need any skills. So these are the reasons why it's actually still quite difficult. Then the most difficult, of course, which we are entirely dependent upon, or this new generation, or our generation, is entirely dependent upon apps, calendars, timetables, is Dhuhr, the end of Dhuhr, start of Asr, the end of Asr, you know, because no one goes and looks at a shadow. Everyone is basically just going by a, uh, you know, by a, by an app or whatever. Now I'm saying that even if there was no apps, this is the, the the I've got to make my point and defend it from a classical point of view, not just from a modern point of view. So I would put to you and tell me if you agree that if there was a three-stage difficulty kind of scale, and I've put sunrise and sunset at the easiest, yeah. That the reason stage three would be Asr and Dhuhr is because shadows move slowly. And you'd have to sit there looking at a shadow and at all times you'd have to be putting a measurement out. Because it's not just the fact that the shadow is moving, 
although that's what you want at zawal time okay so that's actually probably a little bit easier to see dhuhr start time is easier to see than the asr start time because what will happen with the shadow is that it will go from the west yeah to the east side as the sun starts to go to the west so what will happen is that your shadow in the morning as the sun is rising going up 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 9 o'clock 10 o'clock 11 o'clock 12 o'clock then you've got a shadow on the west side it's getting smaller 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 then it disappears then it appears and then that shadow stops as the sun holds or seems to hold at its highest position and as it holds at its highest position shadow stops then it starts to set that's what we call this the first sunset it now starts to set to the other side and now it starts to set and that's going to take six seven ten hours depending upon where you are and so then that's going to be now like your 125 130 whatever and it will start to go down 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 as you know that as soon as zawal that's that that is zawal the sun now starting to go start to move and leave what it was what was before behind as soon as it starts the shadow will start to increase so it was a period of kind of you know non-movement then it starts to increase because the sun is going down so i guess that's actually easier to see but still you'd have to be looking watching but then where it becomes really difficult is then as we said the shadow of an object is the same as the actual object which means that you would have to make a tasawwari you know, of looking at an object and thinking where does that object shadow end it's an estimate isn't it yeah and i'm and my point is because that's slightly more difficult you have to look for a long time you'd have to have a, an idea obviously if you were sitting there with a meter stick and you put out a meter stick then it's easy but who's going to be carrying around meter sticks yeah and so you're looking at it and because that there is a personal kind of level of ishtihad in working out that this is the length plus the original shadow my argument is is that there is a little bit of flexibility then in a person who is delayed on his dhuhr prayer and he's thinking oh i've missed my dhuhr prayer it's asr time i'm saying no you pray your dhuhr time don't worry and then you pray your asr because there's that um slight flexibility now i told you that's not a classical position there's no evidence for it in fact we talked about it last week that they some people said that is there a mushtarak time is there a time which is shared between zuhar and asr where they can be both prayed no the idea is absurd however i'm actually saying the same thing i'm saying that it is a bit of flexibility okay right so now we know that the start time is clear then the muallif says that the end, the time that it ends is until the shadow is twice the level of the object plus what it was at the Zuhr time. Um, so, that's the end time according to the Hanbali uh, school. If you were to look at the, 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 therefore, if you were to compare lengths of prayer times on a normal average day in a normal average place in anywhere in the world that would therefore mean that the longest prayer time is for which prayer oh no no it's not the longest just between dhuhr and asr what would be the longest dhuhr okay that is based upon what though it would be dhuhr if you base it upon asr being between shadow one and shadow two okay question what if we say that actually it is until Maghrib. Asr lasts until Maghrib. Okay? We haven't made that argument yet. But if we were to make that argument, then what would be the longer prayer? Dhuhr or Asr? Longest time to pray it. When would you start your Asr? Second shadow? No, no. You are still sticking to the uh, single shadow as the start time. 
No, it will be then Asr. Okay? Once you include, not only by Asr, it will be Asr by a long way. It will be, a, it will, I don't want to say double, but you got a huge prayer then. Okay? If you were to start the Dhuhr at single shadow, but say that the end time is Maghrib, sunset, then you now have a large prayer area. Okay? Like It's like, at the moment, we'll just do it now based upon Montreal, okay? So, Dhuhr starts at 1, what? 115? No, no. It's 5 to 1. 5 to 1, yeah? Okay. Asar? Is uh, about 10 to 5. No. Impossible. 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 Don't uh, take the Hanafi setting off, bro, and put on the normal setting. No, no, we're no Hanafi. We are Hanafis, but we don't want the the Hanafi settings on. (laughs) Someone tell me what the Asar time is. 5 or 5. Is it? Proper yani, single shadow Asr Shafi'i style. How's, how long does that make? Five. That's four hours then, yeah? So then that's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's not by far, even if you take the UK time as the as, as the longest day, which is Maghrib 10 o'clock. Yeah. Or quarter to 10. Then Dhuhr starts at 1.15. Yeah. Asr starts at about 5.30. Yeah. 5.45. So, you know, we got one, two, three, four, five. So maybe four and a half hours for Dhuhr. Yeah. And then from 5.30, 6, 30, 7, 30, 8, 30, 9, 30, 10, 30, 9, 30, so about four and a half, yeah, about the same. So Maghrib here is 8.30, yeah? Yeah. All right. So the 8.30, so it's three and a half hours then, taqriban? Yeah. For Asr. And that's starting at the early time, going to the later time. But And Dhuhr is clean four hours, yeah? So Dhuhr is longer than Asr. That's my theory, all debunked. It does, but this is the time of the year where we'd get the most yani <laughs> argument for my, my theory. <laughs> Sheikh Ruthamin, I'm going to translate literally what he said. He goes, um, he goes, um, وبهذا يكون وقت الظهر أطول من وقت العصر بكثير لأن ظل في آخر نهار أسرع. He's basically what well, he's saying that in normal times, if you were to compare Dhuhr to Asr, then Dhuhr prayer time is much longer than Asr because the way that the uh, sun uh, sets in the second half of the day is much quicker than it is in the first part. The shadow starts to come a lot quicker. Um, uh, and he goes that even even... Even the, even the difference between them is a third, meaning that the Dhuhr will be a third longer than Asr. However, he goes, That means from one shadow to two shadows. Okay? He goes, if we were to take the, uh, uh, the opinion that, but technically the critical time of Asr actually lasts not until the second shadow, but right until Maghrib, he goes that therefore, the uh, according to that that that, that uh, other system, then the asr becomes um, the asr then becomes uh, longer. So he did a he did a, a calculation here. So he goes that actually between them, he goes that in one, 
so whenever he was writing this particular example, he goes that three and a half hours was the time for Dhuhr, and Oh, you know what? You know, that's my mistake. I completely misread subhanahu wa ta'ala and said, I have to completely free him of that. He actually didn't say that the asr is longer when you act the rule. In fact, let me actually tell you what he said. He said that if you are uh, measuring from one shadow to two shadows, then it's only two and a half hours, the asr time. Okay? So three and a half hours is dhuhr, and that's two and a half hours. Yeah? But he goes, when you add the asr time now from one shadow to uh, uh, sunset, the asr time will become much, much longer. I thought that he said that it becomes longer than dhuhr. He goes, no. He goes, it will just become much, much longer. And so the difference between them, which was before one whole hour, he goes, now the difference is only five minutes. Five minutes. In his example. Dhuhr being longer by five minutes. From so dhuhr being no dhuhr being just normal dhuhr meaning from zawal until single shadow length, that's the only three and a half hours in his example, and then if you're taking asr to double shadow, as per the hadith of Jabir, then it's two hour two and a bit hours asr, but if you were to take single shadow all the way to sunset, which is the correct uh, timing. Uh, for a technical maximum time of Asr, still the length is 3 hours 25 minutes, which means that, yes, it became longer, but it didn't become longer than Dhuhr. So that, what you guys said was right, and I was, I, don't know, I was trying, I was fighting and struggling, but it didn't work. Okay. And Muhim Yani, it becomes longer. Okay, it becomes longer. Um, anyway, so now what we need to discuss, discuss is that, is there any basis for actually praying the Asr after this time? So if we were to assume... Uh, let's use some examples for times. We said that um, the, the the shadow time, uh, uh, single shadow, early asr time, what we call shafi'i time today in Montreal is five o'clock. If it was double shadow, okay, it would be about six o'clock. Okay, it's about an hour. Yeah, it's about an hour that the Hanafi time, quote unquote, kicks in later on. Okay, so now question is, is that is it true, therefore, that for the majority of scholars, that is actually the end time now for their asr? And where does the argument even come from? Well, the problem is that we have a number of other ahadiths which suggest a few different things. For example, uh, we have the hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr al-As, uh, anhu, that the Messenger وسلم, said, وَقْتُ الْعَصْرِ مَا لَمْ That the... Um, the time for Asr continues as long as the sun doesn't become very yellow. Okay? As long as it doesn't become very yellow. And by that indication, okay, that would mean later. That would mean when past the double shadow uh, time. Because at double shadow time, the sun is not always very, very yellow. It's still quite white. It's still quite high. We have a number of narrations from the companions that they used to be able to go and pray the Asr and go back to where they used to live. And the, the, high, the sun, what they gave it two characteristics. They would always say that the sun was very high and very bright. So very high means that it's obviously early. Very bright means that it's very bright white and not bright yellow, meaning it hasn't taken color. Like I've been saying for like the last two months, that when we see the different colors 
of the sky it is because of the angle of the dust hitting the particular solar elevation angle of the sun the twilight the, the sun rays that come from the sun the angle as soon as the, the, the angle depending upon where it is if the angle decreases and it becomes lower then the, 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 the angle that it comes in towards our eyesight our, our vision and the dust that it hits all along the way creates and the pollution or whatever creates that color and so that's why we always say the lower it gets the more color it takes okay so Sheikh uh, Amin he goes that it's clear that the double the double prayer time itself is not the end time so he says what about those people that did say it's the end time why did the Prophet why was he then told that the Asr time is between these two times in that hadith of Jabir why did Jibreel come to him on the first day at one and second day at double shadow and sit in between these two times so Sheikh uh, Amin mentions uh, two things he goes, the first one, and the first possibility of explaining this is that a person, like the Prophet would have started to pray, okay, at the time when it's double shadow, and it's not yani yellow, but when he finishes the Asr prayer, it has become low, as we know it does quicken up when it goes down, and therefore it now has become yellow. And therefore, there wouldn't be a contradiction uh, between the, the two. That's the first thing that he, um, uh, that's the first thing that he says. And the second thing that he says is the Prophet made it very, very clear that the prayer time, despite the fact that the Prophet said that the prayer, the, the, the prayer time it continues as long as the yellow, uh, the sun has not become very yellow, that we know that even the prayer lasts even longer than that, and it lasts all the way until sunset, is because of this hadith. The Prophet said that whoever catches a unit of the Asr prayer before the sun has set, then he has caught the Asr prayer. Whoever, man adraka raka'a min al-asri qabla an taghrub al-shams faqad adraka al-asr. Whoever catches one unit of the Asr prayer before the sun has set, then they have caught the Asr prayer. This hadith narrated by Bukhari, hadith number 579. Also narrated by Imam Muslim as well. And this is a nasun sarih. This is a clear decisive text that the time actually uh, 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 technically extends all the way until the um, uh, sunset. So then, then the question should be asked: What is the um, you know what is the the uh, overriding? Uh, how, how do we combine between all these hadith? Prophet praying one day at an earlier time where it's one single shadow, praying a second day the double shadow, being told as telling the people that. The prayer is, is 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 on and good until you until the sun becomes very yellow. Another hadith saying that as long as you catch one unit before the sun sets, and that's not even the whole prayer by the way, just one unit, yeah, and then and then you've caught asr. So that by extension, if it's eight thirty and a man starts at eight twenty seven and he catches one rakah and then the rest of the prayer is caught, so that's like even after maghrib he's still praying the asr. So how do you combine between it? The way that the scholars combined is they said that. The start time is obvious, that's a single shadow. That the best is to pray as early as possible, and that, that early means that you should not delay your prayer until after the double shadow. I've already said to you that the yellowing of the of the of the of the sky or the yellowing of the sun is not an actual indication of a time that would suggest that the Prophet is actually praying at the double shadow time, but then when he finishes the prayer, it's yellow. So that's not what you would use as a as a measure to say, well, you know what, I can still pray, I can still pray until the sky gets 
uh, until the sun gets yellow. Uh, that's my like last moment. No, the last moment should be the double shadow. Whatever your your watch says is a double shadow time. Uh, whatever your app says, the double shadow time. That should be the kind of bracket. So on a in, in real life, that would mean that you should try to pray your asr between five o'clock and say half six. That kind of thing. That's what you're kind of you're you're, you're doing. Whatever time the double shadow uh, 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 prayer goes to. However, however, if there is a need. Yeah, and it is a darura, and that's why the text said the critical time. Then you are allowed to pray that prayer even all the way until the sunset. And that need needs to be a significant one. Like, for example, the example that Sheikh Uthameen gives will give you a kind of a taste of exactly what he's thinking. He said there's a man who's got a wound, like he's like proper wounded, right? And um, it won't stop bleeding enough for him to actually quickly pray Asr. So he has to properly do up the wound and proper dress it and so on and so forth. So because of that delay, he then ends up praying Asr late. Okay, so he goes, that's one of the reasons why I'm saying to you, that's his casual example. You know, if that's his casual example, then then, you know, however, however, uh, it, it is a bit harsh. There are reasons, by the way, of course, why he's uh, harsh on that. And that is because once people become lazy, then, you know, people become lazy. And Salatul Asr is a, a, is a prayer, which I believe, in my opinion, Allah, I haven't done a study on it, but I think it has the most ahadith and it has the most nusus, the most texts con- concerning it. So uh, the Quran is very clear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hafidhul salawat wa salatul wusta wa qumu lillahi qanitin. Yes, uh, uh, pres- preserve your, your prayers especially the middle prayer, and then stand uh, devoutly for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's pretty much, you know, uh, agreement that this middle prayer, as some, some did think it was Fajr prayer, but in actual fact, it is the Asr prayer. Incidentally, these are the two hadith, uh, prayers that have the most hadith, Fajr and Asr. The next would be probably Isha, okay, in terms of a hadith. Fajr has so many hadith about it. Isha has some talking about the one who prays it in Jama'ah has prayed half the night. The one who prays it, yani, the one who doesn't pray it uh, in a masjid, that's Safa al-Munafiqeen, etc., etc., etc. Fajr has all of that plus more, but Asr has a lot more focus. The one who misses the Asr prayer? All the deeds, yani, gone. Second hadith, the one who misses Asr prayer, like he lost his family and his possessions, yani, in the dunya. The one, uh, Prophet made curse upon uh, the Quraysh because he said they made miss the Asr prayer. Uh, the ayah made it very, very clear preserve your prayers, especially the middle prayer, especially Waslat al Wusta. Yani, look at, look at this uh, in, 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 from, a, from a Quranic Balagha point of view. The, the, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Look, preserve your prayers. And the, not not especially, and the middle prayer. So he didn't say including or whatever. So he's given it a separate kind of uh, category. But we know that it's actually part of the. So it's like he repeated the statement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, without our emphasis, there's no doubt. About it, but look at the manner of the emphasis. Because if you had said especially the middle prayer, that would have been emphasis. If you had said including the middle prayer, that would be the emphasis. But look at the style of the emphasis. He actually created a, second, a special category for it, separate category. And we know that it's actually part of the original group. It's, it's an incredible amount of emphasis. Um, and the, the specific hadith that we should be thinking of when it comes to why we should try to avoid praying the Asr prayer late, okay, 
um, is the Prophet وسلم, he described uh, this is the prayer of the uh, uh, hypocrite this is the prayer of the hypocrite how did he describe that person he said that this is the person who sits there and he watches the sun come down okay and he watches it, he's basically lazy he's able to pray all right he's able to pray it's all good not doing anything and the sun's coming down coming down and he's still not praying and then he goes the sun starts he comes between the two horns of shaitan by the way of course many ahadith about the horns of shaitan it doesn't mean obviously any horns okay but what it means is that as i i don't know if i've explained in, in lp yet um, I don't think we've had an opportunity in LP to talk about that. But basically, uh, in Fiqh Salah, you'll remember that I said uh, that when it comes to the three most protected prayers uh, with respect to uh, Tawheed and Shirk and Ibadah, then it is the Fajr and Maghrib and the what? Dhuhr. Okay, the Zawal time of Dhuhr. And that's because these are the three times that the sun is at its most magnificent. Yes? So the sun suddenly, boom, comes onto the scene at sunrise. And that's when the pagans are very happy about it. The sun worshippers, that's like their big moment. And the sun at the sunset, the big sun suddenly disappears. That's their big moment. And then as a wild time, when the sun is magnificent, it's super high, super bright. You can't even look at it. You can't even bear its heat. It's bright, it's light, it's too bright. It's magnificent in every single way. So that's the, uh, that's the nature of the... Um, uh, uh, sun being so powerful so at these three moments the mushrikeen would be ex- increasing their shirk and that's why uh, as Muslims we're very very careful about making sure we don't pray at those times but then not only that not only um, um, I forgot what was the, the point I was meant to be explaining oh yeah yeah so so uh, so because that the, the, they would increase their shirk it's like as if the shaitan is the ani really coming out of those three times. So it's a metaphor for hardcore, hardcore shirk, yani, on top of normative shirk. Yani, yeah? So the Prophet said that he waits until the sun is between the horns of shaitan and he prays four raka'ah very quickly. He pecks. That's what the Prophet said. He pecks four raka'ah yani, like this, like that. Okay? Yani, meaning that he, the, 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 the sajda process literally is like someone pecking. There's no, you know, and uh, and he doesn't, he, he doesn't remember Allah except little. Uh, and that's the prayer of the munafiq, that's the prayer of the munafiq. So, so um, that, is, that in itself is a very interesting hadith uh, from a legal point of view because it actually doesn't say that the prayer is an illegal prayer or an invalid prayer. But what it does indicate that it is the prayer of the munafiq who is intentionally delaying it. So you can see that there are a number of hadiths which bring a lot of attention down to the Asr prayer, a lot of focus. And uh, why is that? Why is that? Why is there so much focus on this prayer? Why is it that therefore the scholars, even though we've admitted that the time, because the hadith said, whoever uh, catches a raka of Asr before the sun sets, then he's caught the Asr. That should be fair enough. Well, we should say, there you go, it's allowed. So why are we so... Why are the scholars all keeping Muslims well away from that Maghrib time? And they normally say an hour before the Maghrib time. The hour doesn't have any basis per se, but they're trying to create a gap as far as possible. They're trying to basically use that gap as when the sun is double the shadow, or they're trying to say when the sun has become yellow, they're creating an artificial gap. All right. Uh, and like I said, the reason is, is because in San, the prayer that it is, the time that it comes is forgotten most easily. Um, you know, if I was to think about 
in my life, in my in, you know in my practicing life as a as someone who's who prays. Let's do a quick uh, survey. The prayer that you've missed by forgetting. Don't tell me about your sins, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, okay. That you've forgotten. Which prayer have you forgotten most? For me, it's definitely Asr. Anyone? Dhuhr. Dhuhr. Because our yeah. school system ends at, at uh, for example, sometimes it ends at 2.30 or 3 or depends on the school. Yeah. And sometimes in winter, it also comes yeah, in at, uh, also comes in at uh, Yeah, I think you're good. That's, that's also a good point. Yeah, I mean, with such a crazy kind of, you know, seasons, winter, summer, doing all crazy behavior, it can change quite. If you go to sleep at the when you wake up, you know the first part you will feel right after so it's hard to miss. But Austin, Austin comes after that. So like your day goes on. Austin's like right in the middle, like smack in the middle. Yep, 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 yep. So Especially if you just have that short time, like one hour, then it's really easy it, to miss that. Yeah, yeah. In the winter, it's even more easy. I like this point because once you wake up, which a lot of people do, they got, I mean, a lot of people go to sleep after uh, uh, Fajr, yeah? And so Asr being yani, part of that same day, it can be easily missed. I, I, I just think that psychologically and, and human chance and obviously the nos, yani, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, yeah, and be especially careful about the Asr prayer, obviously indicating something. And so therefore, uh, what's our conclusion from this point? Uh, our conclusion is that it is a waqt of durura. It's a critical time. It's not to be utilized unless there is a need. You don't need to be dying. There is no evidence you need to be dying. Sincere Muslims don't need to worry about this or get stressed over this. People who pray normal times every day, you're allowed to pray yani, even a whole week of late asr because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows yani, the sincere from the insincere, the lazy from the yani, uh, motivated and the proper people. Um, it, yes, Sheikh Uthameen gave a hardcore example, but that's the right ty- thing to do sometimes to make sure people don't get lax. But, you know, working, number one, working, uh, two, studying, three, living in the West with crazy yani, times, where you have literally like 10 minutes per asr, yani, sometimes, yeah, ridiculous, yeah, then there's a lot of space in that, a lot of space. And that's the kind of, you know, options that we give to people. I'll tell you something else interesting, and this is especially for those students who have been, you know, uh, really sticking uh, from the beginning and developing their qawaid and usul for life. Because obviously, the way that we teach this lesson is that uh, every time that we come across uh, qawaid, uh, uh, maxims, axioms, and uh, principles, these are uh, these, uh, 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 kind of like, you know, uh, beneficial principles that help understand life a lot better. One of, the, one of the interesting benefits of protecting Asr, okay, and, and leaving a gap of an hour, an hour and a half away from Maghrib and telling people not to do it, whatever, creates an attitude and a discipline that would allow that concession to be used and it almost feels like a fatwa. Let me give you an example, what I'm trying to say. Normally a person would come and say, oh, I'm working and I'm, I, you know, I'm in a really difficult job. I'm a surgeon or I'm an ex or I'm a wine. I can't get away. And, uh, you know, I'm in long operations, blah, 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 blah. And uh, sometimes, so I need to, I need to, I basically, I want to first of all that I can pray Zuhar and Asr uh, and Maghrib all in one go when I get home. That, that kind of thing. Okay. Now, if you're the kind of uh, mufti or the kind of scholar or the kind of guy who's basically telling folks that, well, you know what it is, Asr 
uh, praying at the late time, no problem. Everyone does it every day, whatever, whatnot. You know what? You're gonna start thinking immediately as your first course of uh, first recourse will be to then combine the prayers. Um, you know, either the, uh, uh, combining the prayers at the early time is not possible for this guy. So then you're gonna probably have to say, okay, then you just pray when you get home because like Allah and the Blah blah blah. But if you're a mufti who doesn't even allow or play the card which allows Asr to be prayed in at last one hour and a half before Maghrib, you would say to this uh, surgeon, you would say to this surgeon, okay, don't pray Asr at its beginning time, which is when it's meant to be prayed. Don't even pray at its end time, which is an hour and a half later. I'm going to allow you to pray five minutes before Maghrib. Right? He feels like, oh, that's a major concession. He feels like it's a fatwa that I've really achieved something and I've achieved some flexibility. He now works that little bit harder to ensure that, okay, I wasn't able to make the Asr prayer two hours before, but you know what? Uh, 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 if I'm doing an operation of five hours or whatever, and I wasn't able to get a break in, in two, three hours into it, which would have been the normal Asr time, well, you know what? They're definitely going to allow me to get a, at least a toilet break yani, after five hours yani, of being in an operation. And uh, that's roughly five minutes before Maghrib, for example. So I'm going to go and pray my Maghrib then. And what is this? What is this the mark of? This is the mark of a responsible scholar. A responsible scholar who always keeps options close. Doesn't open up the game so much so that he reduces his options when trying to help people. It's a very important principle in Adin. this is, okay? Especially for what we call for Sana'atul Fatwa, which is, an, which is a knowledge in itself. It's a field of, 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 of knowledge, which is uh, basically the... the, the, the it basically means to build a fatwa for someone. And how do you build a fatwa? How, what are the rules? What are the principles? How you take each individual person on an individual basis, case-by-case case basis, their particular age, work, scenario, gender. Gender is very important. Location, what they're doing, obligatory, not obligatory, blah, 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 blah. Put it all on together. Uh, financial situation, status, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Islamophobia, good, not good. Muslim stable, not stable. Political situation. Put all that together. Then look at the actual thing that is being allowed is there a culture that allows combining or not? Is this a person used to combine prayer or not? Is there disadvantages for this person combining or not? And all this kind of different things, all related in this kind of manner. You get what I'm saying, everybody? Yeah? Okay. Uh, you was going to ask something, yeah? Yeah. No, I was just going to say, like, um, like, I think you mentioned this one You need before. to put this on... Uh, sorry, just one second. You need to... Do, I forgot to tell you to put an air, airplane mode. It's on a... Okay. Battery. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, for us, we're bring it in that time. Yeah. You mean, like, the late time? Yeah, no, you know, pray, like, I've told my kids, you know, not to pray Asr just before Maghrib. Maghrib. Yeah. And then they go, is it a sin? Yeah. Yeah, and you should say yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you don't you don't need to be worried about saying something which is wrong or something like that, because that is the exact scenario when it does become a sin. When a person is 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 dead, is dead. It's not good enough. I said yes, it's a sin. They're like, oh, how am I getting sin for praying then? Yeah, so you tell him this hadith, which is narrated in Muslim. Uh, so this narration that I told you about, the Tilka tilk Salat al-Munafiq, is narrated by Imam al-Nasai. Hadith Sahih, uh, Shaykh al-Bani considered the hadith to be uh, authentic. Um, and you can say to that person, that person who has the ability, this is what you'll say, the person who has the ability to pray in the right time, and then doesn't pray in the right time, and then, then, and then delays the prayer without reason, then that's the prayer of the Munafiq. Then you'll tell them, some nice few ayats in Surah al-Baqarah about Munafiqeen, and khalas job done. <laughs> that's yani, roughly the way that we, we deal with it okay so um, and then the author says that and so to pray the Asr time the Asr prayer in its early time is a 
uh, is a sunnah. Okay, it's a sunnah. And why is it a sunnah? Uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, khayrat, As we said, and a rush, a race with one another to do good deeds. And rush to seek forgiveness from your Lord. The basic principle of always hastening to do good deeds. Okay, uh, number one. Number two, Sheikh Uthameen says, because that of what is established already, that the prayer is always better in its beginning time. We already debunked that last time. Yes, I said that. To be honest, that's not the strongest of evidences. As-salatu ala waqtiha is the hadith. Every time that the hadith of as-salatu fi awwali waqtiha is said, fi awwali is a weak addition in every narration. So these scholars will say, well, okay, then fi ala waqtiha or fi waqtiha in its time or on its time, we want to, we still want to give it some kind of time. And in what time? Technical time? We'd say, yeah, it means technical time. They say, no, we've got to try and make it towards the early. And they will always still add in its earliest time. And they'll say that even if you make the rest of the hadith weak, because, as I just said, hadith number, uh, the first principle that you should rush to good deeds. So they kind of use that principle, apply it to this hadith, and they say, therefore, uh, even though it's translated as in its time, you can see that practically as in its earliest time. And then... Um, and then the third, the third uh, reason why we should pray Asr or Sunnah to pray Asr uh, early is because it has been established from the Prophet ﷺ in the hadith of Abi Barzata al-Aslami, Abi Barzata al-Aslami radiyallahu anhu, anhu kana sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yusalli al-Asr wa shamsu murtafi'a hatta innahum yathabuna ila rahalihim fi aqsal madina wa shamsu hayya. The Prophet ﷺ used to pray the Asr prayer and the sun used to be very high still. So, so much so that they, the companions, would go back to their homes, which were quite far away, at the very far end of the Medin, of the city, and the uh, sun was still, you know, hayya. Hayya, I mean, here, it means, um, yeah, 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 that's good, that's good, because hayya here means alive and moving and in action. And so to, to apply that metaphorical meaning to a reality one, its color is still strong and holding. It's not become weak and yellow and orange. And its heat is still coming off it. So it shows that it's still quite early. Okay. This hadith narrated by Bukhari. Okay. Hadith narrated by Bukhari. Uh, hadith number 547 and in Muslim as well. Um, and then the uh, Mu'allif then says, the author then says that the... Um, why are you change this all the time? This right? is the NHS thing, man. NHS, man. Wallahi, NHS, may Allah forgive them. Right. Where are we now? And then, وَيَلِهِ وَقْتُ الْمَغْرِبِ إِلَى مَغِيبِ الْحُمْرَةِ Alright. And then the following that is the time of Isha. No, 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 that's not it. Following that is the time for Maghrib, which lasts until the redness disappears. Okay. So, what's going on here? Um, we now have another point. And this is an important point. Yali, okay, is important because it means it follows. And remember, not every prayer follows one another. Okay, so the uh, the the prayer uh, um, and also actually, what's interesting is that if you look, if you actually look at uh, um, what he said, if you look at actually what he said, 
the prayer's critical time extends until sunset and it is sunnah to hasten it by saying by then by what follows then is maghrib is that the the author the hanbalis they are automatically admitting that actually the technical technical time certainly lasts until maghrib because it follows then the maghrib will then uh, uh there's, there's there's no gap period that's there's no fossil no gap period and it will go until you see the redness in the sky and we've covered that in a lot of detail once you see redness in the sky now um what did uh uh sheikh then say he goes that uh once you are still seeing redness in the sky all right following that as a time for maghrib which lasts until the redness disappears that then means that that's going to be the start time for Isha, once the redness disappears. And I've already told you that this is a position of Abu Shafi'i and, and uh, Malik and Abu, uh, Imam Ahmed al-Hanbal and the two companions, Sahibain of Abu Hanifa and the majority of the scholars and the Hanifi school today in modern times. Only Abu Hanifa himself was still upon the white uh, uh, twilight. So this is the red twilight. Once the red twilight disappears, it's gone. Now, what's interesting is this. I remember I was, I was telling you that one of the mistakes that we make when it comes to working out our prayer times is, is transferring the equatorial experience, okay, to our experience, where our prayer times are all over the place, and our day length is all over the place, it's differing over the year, northern latitude, crazy kind of behavior. And so, you know, we can't be comparing. However, I'll tell you why it's still useful to have a at least in working knowledge of their prayer times, especially Saudi, because that's obviously yani, uh, uh, where the Prophet was, where Islam was formulate, formulated and where it grew strong. Why is that important? Because if there was a scenario to come up where we cannot have normative times, and therefore we need to give fatwa for people, such as for Greenland and such as for Antarctica and whatever, where there is no light or there's only light yani, for half the year, etc., etc., or we have crazy circumstances which are going to happen here and in UK in the summertime where there's constant persistent twilight, then you have at least one kind of pseudo standard to go by to use for fatwa. Even astronauts. Uh, or, or, in any, exactly, any crazy scenario, and I have to rate that one as, as crazy mm-hmm. as it gets, yeah. Mm-hmm. Astronauts, yeah, there wasn't in my, wasn't in my thing, but there are some astronauts. Are there any Muslim astronauts here? Did I see a Malaysian astronaut? An Indonesian or Malaysian that got out there as well? How did he get the ride anyway? Which satellite? They're they, they on? Malaysia and Indonesia got their own rocket. Don't know about that, bro. They sent an astronaut to the sky? No, no, we got a Gora from the UK, Timothy Peake. I don't know, even I know that guy's name. Yeah, the whole world, everyone in England knows his name. He's a celebrity and thing. He's the first machine we, we sent. <laughs> but um, but anyway, yeah, astronauts, every, everyone. So what did Sheikh Uthameen say? He said that what I noticed between the year, over the year, that the Salatul Maghrib time, uh, meaning the, the prayable time, is uh, 1 hour 15 normally. And sometimes it extends in the summertime to, or in the wintertime to, 1 hour 33 minutes. That was his observation. 1 hour 15 to 1 hour 33 minutes. Now, like I said to you, um, uh, many folks are now preparing their Ramadan timetables right now, uh, as we are for uh, Cheadle uh, back home in Manchester and uh, other places which are northern attitude. So, I mean, you guys as well, more so obviously folks in Calgary, Edmonton and Alberta, and more so the Europeans as well. And um, we will be using a fatwa to establish our Isha time. 
And I have set for Isha this year one hour twenty minutes as the start time for Isha. Okay, during the time where outside there's going to be persistent light, which has started by the way. Persistent light has started. So if you go out, not so much here in the city, but if you go out to a little bit of the more rural areas and you observe, you will see persistent whiteness in the sky. Uh, the redness does pretty much disappear. Okay, but yani, you'll, when you start getting closer to June, then you're going to see even some of the redness still hanging around for a little while. It doesn't stay all night, but it hangs around. Now, that's why we cannot technically, or we can technically wait for the redness to disappear, as we should. However, we're going to be then praying Isha, literally two hours, two and a half hours after Maghrib. And if you're going to do that, then you're going to fall into another problem, which is that you're going to end up praying uh, Isha, yani, after midnight. Okay? There are actual principles. If you actually to do the Psalms, and you were to wait on some, some nights in this summer, and you were to wait for the redness to completely disappear, especially if you're thinking to try and get most of the whiteness to disappear, but I'm just talking about the redness in the sky, in the, on the horizon, red twilight, then you're looking at two, two and a half hours. And there are, there are, there are potential, that's, that is according to, let me explain something. If you are a person like some of the groups that will be quoting to you the following statement, we follow 18 degrees for, for Fajr, we follow 15 degrees for, for Isha, that is what we follow throughout the summer. We are very opposed to those groups of people because we say that, listen, the prayer time should be based upon observing. And once you, the observations are not working, we're not going to go to angles. We're going to go to some estimation. That's our argument. They're saying that, no, we're going to stick to angles. We don't care what the angles say. We don't care what the times correspond to, but we're sticking to the angles. When they stick to the angles, you know what time the Fajr starts? Or well, roughly? This is the folks in your community that pray their Fajr at half past one. You know when you might have seen that? We must have some message in here that pray the Fajr at quarter to, to half past one. Yeah? No? Like what? Like what then? Two o'clock? Yeah, last year you saw people yani, uh, during the summer breaking, uh, starting their fast or praying their Fajr at two, whatever. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Right? So you think about that. Think about that. If we just say two o'clock. In the UK it went to one fifteen. Okay? And we're at 130, 135, 2, 215s. Two if you have a Fajr at 2.15, start time, and you have a Maghrib at, say, 10 o'clock, or, say, half past 9, what time will your Maghrib get to? Close to 9. Okay, so you guys are right here then. Yeah, but I mean, in Calgary and in Manchester and whatever, we'll get to 9.50. Calgary Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to 9.50, 10 o'clock, whatever. So that would make the night how long? Basically four hours. So, so if the night becomes four hours, then we know that the midnight is two hours, okay, after that. And so if you are saying that the, the Isha doesn't start until the redness has disappeared in the sky, that means that you are going to be praying a Isha prayer, which is going to be past midnight, which we're going to see in a minute, actually is past its expiry time. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, and our point is, is that if you're gonna, if you have a problem, and you're gonna make a fatwa, you're gonna make ishtihad, sorry, and give a fatwa, right? That fatwa has to be realistic. It might not produce a great result, but it's gotta, it's gotta, yeah, and what I mean, it's gotta tick as many boxes as possible. That's what I mean. And they will say, they will say against us, they will say that when you're praying your isha at one hour, 
and 20 minutes. It's so light outside. They will say that. We'll say we admit it. We'll say we admit it. We'll say if you look, actually, most of the redness has gone. But there's still some redness there. But we're not going to wait around for that redness to go. Because if we do, then number one, it's mashaka. Yeah, and it's very difficult for the people. They're working full days this day and they're praying God knows what time, then Isha. And number two, this is the estimation that the Prophet ﷺ told us. I mentioned last week and I mentioned so many times, the hadith of the Dajjal makes it very, very clear that when the, 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 the time starts to break down and the outside yani, environment does not start to fit a normal day, when the, when the Prophet ﷺ was asked, so that day that's going to be like a year, Ya Rasulullah, how are we going to pray that day? He said, make an estimate that day. Give it an estimation. That by its definition means that when you're going to be praying at those times, the outside circumstances are not going to be looking like the normal the normal Niani signs. Like for example, a person in Greenland, if he's praying Maghrib prayer and Isha prayer, it's the same where it's outside. And Fajr and Dhuhr and Asr, it's the same. Right? So we say that the light is very, very important and its differentiation is very important in normative times. But when you start to use fatwa and you are in a a ajib situation or in a very difficult situation, then these kind of things, then they start to reduce in importance. We don't say that it, they're not important at all, but we say that they reduce in importance. And that's why we, we think that, yeah, we're okay with 1 hour 20. And also, and this is why I mentioned this point, Rashid Uthameen, that, you know, some people, they say that we will use Saudi times. Now, we don't have the real basis to, for that to happen here, but in places like Greenland and the Arctic and whatever, uh, or northern Finland or whatever, over there... It's an acceptable opinion. They have, I told you this last week or whenever I said that there are three different main opinions about how to work out prayer times when there's a place where you can't see anything. They said, one, you go by Makkah. Yep, it's the cradle of Islam, blah, 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 blah. Just use their prayer times. That's it. You just create an artificial day and that's it. The second opinion, they said, is that you go to the closest Muslim country, the closest Muslim country, and you use their times. Whatever is geographically closest. The third opinion, they said, you go to the closest uh, country that has an actual night. That has an actual night. So a night meaning a proper darkness. So that would be like a Denmark or a Norway. It wouldn't be a UK because we're miles away from those folks. But it would be a Denmark or, or a Norway. And they would have a night. It would only be two hours, admittedly. But it has a night. Okay? And anywhere that has a night, it cannot be using a complete full fatwa kind of uh, ensemble of fatawi. I don't know if that makes sense. If you have a night, you can't say, I'm going to pray, we're going to set the maghrib time to be 6 o'clock, we're only going to fast 12 hours, we're going to then pray Isha at 8 o'clock, we're going to create an artificial day. I can give that fatwa for a place that doesn't have any night. But to give that fatwa for a place that has a night, even though it might be 4, 5, 3, 2 hours, but you have a night. You got a few double. You got a few difficult couple of months. Uh, I get it, but in a few years' time, you're gonna be loving it. Your 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 fast is gonna be like three hours long, and you're gonna be chilling all day. And you're not gonna say, "Oh, can we fast the only three times a normal time?" Who's gonna say that, right? No one's gonna say it. So you take the rough with the smooth, and you get good times. You get bad times. So that's a that's a that's a point there. Um, and just one other thing then. Um, the next thing is that Maghrib. What are we doing for thingy time? Yeah. Um, then the Maghrib prayer. Should it be prayed early or should it be prayed um, uh, later? Yes, it should be prayed early. 
um, going along with the normal principles and everything that we mentioned so far, it is to be prayed early. And the, the Mu'allif said it's sunnah to do so. Um, there's no doubt about that. The Prophet ﷺ was always seen to be praying the Maghrib early. But how early? And as soon as the Adhan is done? As soon as the Adhan is done? Yani early, we know that there is a consensus that the Maghrib prayer is to be prayed early. And when we say early, that it's normative prayer time, even though it lasts for an hour and a half until Isha. But normally we're looking like 10, 15, 20 minutes, people say, right? And that, that's the practice of the Muslims. And it's the opinion of all the scholars. Well, I'm trying to say that where did they get 10, 15 minutes from? If we say that it's meant to be prayed early, then surely it should be, boom, straight after that. And then knock out the iqamah wa khalas, right? So is, it, is there some idea that it can be delayed a little bit? Um, Malik and Shafi'i, they said yes. The time, the time gap comes from the idea that a person needs to really hear the adhan. He's probably still at home. Therefore, needs to make wudu. And then needs to come to the masjid. And then needs to pray two rakah of tahid al-masjid because he's come in. And then whatever. So that's why they said 10-15 minutes is something which we find acceptable. But there's also another evidence as well. And that is what Sheikh Uthameen says. He says that um, the mubadara or the hurrying to pray quickly, uh, it doesn't mean that you just straight away pray as soon as the adhan is given. Because the Prophet said, Sallu qabla al Maghrib, Sallu qabla al Maghrib, Sallu qabla al Maghrib. Thumma qala fi thalitha liman sha. So the Prophet said, this hadith narrated by Bukhari, uh, uh, and we covered it before as well. Pray before Maghrib, pray before Maghrib, pray before Maghrib, whoever wants to. Though the, the last statement shows that it's not obligatory. Otherwise, if he hadn't said that, then it would have remained an obligation. There would have been a, an issue. Okay? And the companions, the companions of the Prophet, um, as again narrated by uh, Bukhari and Muslim, the companions, when the adhan was given, they would stand up and pray to Raka'ah. They would stand up and pray to Raka'ah, and the Prophet ﷺ would see them, and he did not stop them. Okay? So just think of, digest that for a second. The Maghrib, the Adhan would go for Maghrib. The companions would stand up and pray, and the Prophet ﷺ would not stop them. And so that therefore suggests that the praying in the early time it's not an immediate one, but a practical one. So you pray just generally, yani, as soon as you possibly can. That this indicates that the meaning of yani, praying at early time is, is that you you delay it by the amount of time. And you'd be, you, you delay it by normative things such as wudu and prayer, two uh, rakah, and so on, so, so forth. There's an exception to this. What's the exception? Except on the, how did we, huh? Go on. Uh, when you're fasting. No. No. Uh, uh, sorry, no, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But what does the, the Mu'allif say? Except for the pilgrim who intends other than that on the night of Jama'ah. Okay? I'm saying that because that's what it says in Arabic. I translated it actually as, except for the pilgrim who intends other than that on the night of Muzdalifah. Um, I want to mention a point here. The, 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 I, I want to explain the point in a second, but, uh, but I want to mention what Sheikh Uthameen mentions, which is a very interesting point for students of knowledge. Okay, the author really he could have said something far easier. He could have said, except for the the Hajj on the night of Muzdalifah. That's what he could have said. He could have said, "Yani illa lil Hajj Instead, he said, 
He made it into the most difficult sentence. Yani, except for the one who prays on the night of Jama' who intends it <coughs> whilst he's in Ihram. I mean, listen, that only happens once in a year. And it's called Hajj. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah? Happens once in a year, it's called Hajj. And he uses a, a, a name for Muzdalifa, which is yani, very rare. Well, it's not rare, but not people are not all yani, Hufad al-Quran, and they've seen it in the Quran and Kada. <coughs> so, yani, you know. Now, so, so he, he went hard, he went difficult, okay? And Shaykh Uthameen goes, I wish that he'd done it the other way. What's the benefit of this point? He makes a point. He goes, you know what? This is what you notice from the people of the uh, Madahib and Al-Muqallidun. <coughs> he goes, this is what you notice for the people who are always stuck in studying with the Madahib and Madahib only. That they often, they learn something and they just pass it on. And the ta'abir which is used in the beginning, it ends up yani, still in use 500 years later without changing. Without any update. No one stopped to kind of say, well, you know what? Like in all those hundreds of years, we'd have thought someone would just come and say, this is the same as Muzdalifah, man. So why don't I just say, accept the Hajj on Muzdalifah. But no one's got the guts, because everyone's just carrying on, regurgitating and parroting with the previous one. And that's good. There's a reason for that. And that's what's protected this Muslim Ummah so far, because people have discipline, and they stick to the system, and they say, this other person can't handle the yani going, you know, using too much of his brain. Because free thinking is dangerous, you know. <laughs> but, yani, so we want to keep it disciplined and keep it closed, yeah. And so, uh, everyone just keeps going. And um, I, I think I think he makes a good point, subhanAllah. Uh, I think the the, the, the the point that I wanted to make, my own, like, kind of istidlal from this, 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 this mulahada, this uh, observation from Shaykh Uthameen, is that I think this is a proof, what Shaykh Uthameen notices, is a proof that Muslims always need to innovate in the good way. Yani not way. I mean, I don't want, yani, you know. Always need to innovate in the manhaj of teaching. And they should always feel the confidence to take something and change it around and turn it into even using completely different phrases, completely different style for a new audience. I think this is a very important thing. And the fact that if you keep still sticking to the original people that Wajinu said, it starts to mean, it starts to become meaningless. It just becomes words. It becomes yani, heavy and so on and so forth. Now, the irony... Here's the irony that yani, we have ignored that and we are doing exactly what they want us to do on a Wednesday, chorological progression on a lesson, which yani, we could normally teach in the weekend. Where we do do that, we change it up, turn it into a, you know, an experience which is much more friendly, much more fun. A lot of people enjoy it and they learn the fiqh yani, very quickly, very nicely, and that's fine. However, we, so we did do it there and instead of here we didn't and we're now going to be here for the next 50 years. Yani, you know, covering any yani, fiqh from the beginning to the end. The saving grace is that whilst we're doing it every week, we don't close our minds and we're not yani, afraid of calling something out yani, that needs to be corrected. There's nothing wrong in what he said, of course, but yani, we're just saying that, you know, he could have made it easier. So what is this exception? The exception, we know that the Prophet ﷺ went on the day of Hajj, the day of Arafah, not the day of Hajj, sorry, the day of Arafah, okay, by the way, just so that you know, that in the terminology of Hajj, even though, as I said, we come to Hajj in what, nine years, maybe, eight, yeah, but yani, uh, in the terminology of Hajj, Hajj is the 10th of Dhul Hijjah, okay, what we call Yawm Al-Nahr, which is the day of sacrifice, what we call Yawm Al-Eid, Al-Adha, okay, that's the day of Hajj, 
اوكي يوم الحج الاكبر وي كول ات اسوا عرفه which is the action day like يعني where is really at okay that's يوم عرفه that's where everyone goes to عرفه and makes dua now you know that you are not to leave عرفه before maghrib that's a condition of the hajj you got to stay there until maghrib but what we know what we're talking about what's the lesson on praying maghrib early time right therefore what should we do Pray and then leave. Pray Maghrib and Arafah and leave. Except we don't. Because the Prophet didn't. And not only did he not, the people who wanted to, when he didn't, he told them not to as well. So not only was it his action not to, because we had, subhanAllah, the last time I had this discussion about action and statement was when I was in Montreal here. SubhanAllah. Yeah, about what is the, 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 what is the priority to follow. His action, observation, observing his action, or is his statement more important uh, for us? And uh, obviously his action uh, could be for him alone, whereas a statement makes it absolutely clear that it's for us. So what's interesting is that he himself didn't, didn't uh, delay the prayer until uh, Muzdalifa, until he got to Muzdalifa, but he also told his companions to delay the prayer until Muzdalifa. Not only did he do that, but he also told them to combine with Isha as well. So not just a delay, but a combining as well. Now that's very interesting because even the Hanafis who do not combine at all, they combine on that day. They make that exception. They say that's the one exception, whatever. So it's very interesting. So uh, what's, the, um, the, what's, the, what's the thing we're saying? Uh, the, the author has basically said it's sunnah to pray the Maghrib in its beginning time except for one occasion of the year, one occasion alone. And that is on the day of, of Arafah when you leave Arafah and you go to a Muzdalifa. Because even if you are the quickest person in the world, if you walk it, if you walk it, it is going to take, yeah, and it's taking you, I'm, I'm telling you, it's taking you a couple of hours, yani. okay? If you walk it, it's going to take you a couple of hours. Yeah, and it's busy and it's an hour, yeah, and a couple of hours, okay? And if you go by bus uh, or coach, then that could take you like 10 hours, <laughs> 6 hours, you know? Sometimes you might blag it and get there an hour and a half, but that's only after you have now waited in, in Arafah four, five, six hours, yani, you know, whilst everyone else goes and you've got the last door, the last number, and then you're, then all the buses have already gone, so it's a clean road. I mean, then you still get there at midnight, whatever. Now, so that, so now we know that uh, Maghrib is only delayed intentionally on that day, which raises another question. What if you are seeing, whilst you are at Arafah and waiting, or on the road stuck in a traffic jam, which happens a lot, okay, that Isha, is about to expire. And that happens all the time. Isha is about to expire. You haven't even prayed Maghrib yet. We're going to pray Maghrib and Isha together. So in this case, then you pray your Maghrib and Isha. Even if you're in Arafah, or even if you're on the bus, or you can get off the bus. And if you can't get off the bus, because the authorities say, we can't stop the bus, then it's allowed for you to pray on the bus. And that's the fatwa, I think, of nearly every single alim that I ever uh, knew from Saudi. And they're the ones who should give the fatwa. And that's not, uh, not us. They're the ones who know their situation best. And they've, they've given that fatwa many times. So that, that's the only exception. Now, back to the point again. You see that kind of strict attitude that we have? That you better pray Maghrib at the beginning time? And don't fluff about the only exception that is not going to be is on Hajj. If you have that attitude, then you're going to help another person who's saying, I go to university or I'm working and so and so. And when I get on the uh, transport system or the bus or the thing, I get back home, yani. Maghrib time's gone. What do I do? You know what they mean by Maghrib time's gone? That 15 minutes. Do you get what I'm saying? 
and that's how we and that's how we should have Muslims thinking. This is a success if we have Muslims thinking <coughs> like that. Then we say, okay, for you will allow you to pray hour later, which by the way is still maghrib time. Yep, but we don't want to put it open to the people to mess about with. So yeah, we do want to educate at the same time and empower. At the same time, we don't want people to become lax and lazy. That's why we put these kind of like I don't say artificial barriers, but we put these kind of constructs in to keep it all kind of neat and tidy. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, what's the time, uh, Ibrahim? Time. Eight. Eight. Quarter two or eight? No, it's eight or two. Eight or two. Halas, I think that's enough then. You're sitting on a chair today, and you still want it to be enough. Yeah, that's it. One hour, fifteen minutes. Okay, halas. Questions, guys. <laughs> we still want your recording on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Any questions on, on what we've... Yes. This is the Raka'atil Nafal. This is just two Raka'at Nafal. And people called it the, the, the Nafal before Maghrib. Some people called it. And some people said it's the two Raka'at for the Adhan. Some people said that the Prophet ﷺ was indicating the general two Raka'at, which the Prophet ﷺ said that between Kul Adhanin, Raka'atin. So uh, we know that generally between Adhan and Iqamah, there's two units anyway. Um, but I think that's not right. I think that there is a, something a bit special which is connected to the Maghrib prayer. Because, yani, the, we did, why didn't we get the emphasis in Asr? Why didn't we get the emphasis in Dhuhr? Why didn't we get the emphasis in Fajr? I think that there is a two nafal that is to be prayed before Maghrib when in the masjid between the Adhan and Iqamah. But it's two nafal. There's nothing more than that. And then, and then again, if I say this, my kids are going to be like, when I tell them you have to pray between the first 10, 15 minutes, they're going to be like, am I getting sinned if I pray it? An hour and a half or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, that's a bit more difficult mm-hmm. because technically the Maghrib prayer certainly, uh, thingy, but again, you can use the Hadith of Jabir. And the Hadith of Jabir is actually very really interesting because in the Hadith of Jabir, the one that talks about the, all the prayer times, mm-hmm. He, the Prophet ﷺ said, and Jibreel came to me on the first day, and he came to me when the sun set, and we prayed. Okay, remember that in the, all other prayer times, in the first one it was at the thingy, and then the second time, they came a different time. And then he would say, and the Prophet ﷺ said that on the second day when Jibreel came to me and we prayed, he came to me at the exact same time when the sun was set, sun had set. So he said that the time for Maghrib is only one time. It's only one time. And the rest of the others had like a, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Now, we know that there is an actual end time for Maghrib, but that hadith doesn't say it. So it can be used, yani, you know, to, to just focus, yani, and maybe. Allah Alam. Yeah. Will you be using uh, parental techniques for salah and protect this house? Yeah, of course. Of course. It normally involves, yani, a stick <laughs> and uh, a few other, yani, choice psychological torture methods, yani. <laughs> well, I was recording saying much worse. Don't worry about that, bro. <laughs> Okay, Jack Malahir guys, Barakallahu Fiqh, Subhanakallahu, Alhamdulillah, Ilaha 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 